Welcome to you wherever you're at, whomever you are with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. I do want to wish you uh, not only a very happy new year, but a very blessed new year. You know, uh, the Bible teaches that the mercies of God are brand new every morning. You know, if you only knew that one thing about God, that would, uh, that would get you pretty far in life to realize that every single day, uh, his desire uh, to pour good things into our lives is brand new. And we can certainly carry that into uh, our new year ahead of us. Uh, you know, uh, speaking of the new year, I uh, do want to mention these great resources. Uh, hope that you're becoming familiar with them. Uh, one of them is called the version of the Bible. Absolutely free. I'm going to reference it a number of times today. And then also, uh, when you're uh, in your favorite podcast player, if you would search for Arlington FM Church, there you will find all of our teaching content. Well, uh, we have been in a series throughout the holidays called Revealed. When God Became Knowable, and uh, we're going to bring that series uh, to a conclusion, but use it as a catalyst into the year that uh, we stand on the threshold of, and uh, really it's been based uh, on this uh, teaching from John's Gospel. It tells us no one has seen God, uh, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known to us and yeah that's a wonderful reality that we live in light of that jesus when he came to this earth revealed god revealed him through the words that he spoke and also through the works that he did and uh, as you saw over the last couple of weeks if you were with us each of the miracles that jesus uh, did for people were glimpses into the heart and the character of God. And because of that, we no longer have to guess what God might be like. Uh, we simply look uh, at the words of Jesus and the works of Jesus and uh, follow them through and uh, ponder them, and we can see what the heart of God is like. Well, today we're going to carry that knowledge of God into a, a look into the future. And we're going to uh, kind of pull the curtains back and, and see from God's perspective what is in store for uh, us and for our world. In fact, uh, the, the title of this series is called uh, Future of the World, and we're going to get a, an informed look at what to expect and what lies ahead of us. You know, one of my favorite bands and uh, one of my favorite songs from that band, uh, the, the group is called One Republic, and they have a song called Future Looks Good. And I love the lyrics uh, of this song uh, in that... Uh, uh, the uh, writers are describing a, a man who maybe had some complexities in his past, some difficulties, uh, but he begins to see his future uh, through the context of a relationship that he's in. Uh, maybe he's found someone he can really lean on, depend on, someone who gets him, but he writes these words. You see, I had this crazy dream last night. This man, he talked to me, and he told me everything that's good and bad about my history. So there was some reflection that happened uh, in this dream as he began to uh, look at the good, bad, and the ugly of his previous history. Uh, but this man, he, he said that you are, you are the future. He said that uh, this relationship he's in uh, changes the nature of his future. He said that you are the future, and because of you, the future looks good. 
Well, you know, this, uh, this ability uh, to look at our future through the lens of a significant relationship is exactly what John, the beloved, you know, we've been in the teachings of John over the last couple of months, uh, in particular, the Gospel of John, the Epistles of John, and this morning, this weekend, the Revelation of John. It's the very last book of the Bible, uh, but if you uh, read it uh, with this insight that uh, the future can be seen through the lens of our relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's exactly how John introduces us to this fantastic uh, final book in the compilation of books we call the Bible. Uh, John begins, he says, the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants uh, what their future would look like and what must soon take place. You know, here's a few facts if you get interested and want to read through the book of Revelation in your U version of the Bible. Uh, uh, the Revelation is known as apocalyptic literature. It deals with the end times, deals with the future. And uh, there's imagery, uh, poetic metaphors that uh, are not meant to be taken literally. You'll see a great beast being cast into the ocean and uh, flying creatures that have eyes on the front of their heads, back of their heads, under their wings. And all of these are meant to provoke our imagination, to consider truths that uh, can only be described in these grandiose uh, imagery. Uh, but also, the revelation that God gives to John is extremely practical. It deals with real people going through real struggles, uh, political upheaval, uh, social and economic distress. Kind of sounds like our world. And so the revelation... Uh, combines truth with reality that uh, every one of us experience. Uh, the word revelation itself it really is behind this whole series uh, revealed. It, it means a laying bare, a disclosure of truth concerning things unknown prior to uh, states of persons previously withdrawn from view are made clear. So uh, things come to the forefront. Uh, truth is, uh, is clarified, uh, things that maybe we only imagined or pondered or uh, were only uh, remotely connected to uh, become front and center in our view. And so John, as he presents his revelation, this disclosure of truth from God's perspective, he begins by describing uh, this wonderful relationship that we can see our future through. Uh, and he does it by giving us two hymns that embody the nature of who Jesus is, this wonderful person that he is, fully God and fully human. Uh, John writes, grace and peace to you uh, from him who is, who was, and who is to come. He's eternal. And from the seven spirits before his throne, there's a sense of fullness, a revelation of God indicated by these uh, spirits of disclosure. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. He can be trusted for what he said and spoke and revealed. He's the firstborn from the dead, and he's the ruler of the kings of the earth. Uh, basically, in John's opening statement, he says that God is really good, and he has revealed that goodness through the person of Jesus Christ. He's full of grace. He's full of truth. He's the faithful witness. Uh, he obtained victory on our behalf. He's the firstborn of many from the dead. 
He's the ruler. He has authority to uh, bring about his goodwill. And then the second hymn, uh, John goes right into it. It's kind of like you start with the mighty portress as our God, and then you go into great as thy faithfulness. So uh, here's what John continues to write about this one uh, whom we can see the future through. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve as God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And uh, so John would offer to us, uh, would you like to see the future in a more hopeful way? Uh, would you like to be filled with uh, a sense of anticipation and expectation about what lies ahead? Well, here would be John's uh, opening advice from his revelation is, uh, when I look at the future through the lens of my relationship with Jesus, the future looks good. Uh, hear that again. If I can look at the future, both immediate and long term, through the lens of my relationship with Jesus, the future looks good because I begin to see his purposes, his faithfulness, his presence, his ongoing work in my life being fulfilled regardless of the vicissitudes and the ups and downs and the unanticipated challenges that we might face. In fact, that's exactly what John goes into as he offers us his revelation from Jesus. Uh, he says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. I was on the island of Patmos. He was in exile because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And so uh, right away, as John's giving us this hopeful view of the future, uh, here's something he makes incredibly clear. Jesus gives no guarantee of a pain-free future, but he does guarantee purpose-filled pain. Uh, hear those words again. Uh, Jesus is a realist. Uh, he knows that there's a, a certain course of history that needs to unfold in our lives and in this world. And he gives us no guarantees of a pain-free future. However, he does guarantee that our pain will be filled with purpose. You know, my oldest son, uh, he's a techie, works for Alaska Airlines. Uh, he's been going through some challenges uh, these last few weeks. But uh, a number of years ago, he discovered uh, this uh, workout routine called CrossFit. I found a good gym to belong to, and uh, every time I hear him talk about his experience there, he's now become a, a certified coach, is uh, he talks about the community that's dedicated to, I guess in a very real sense, uh, working through purpose-filled pain together so that uh, they can experience uh, good health. Well, that's just a small indicator of, of the kind of uh, truth that John is expressing that uh, there are no guarantees when we follow Christ that we won't experience suffering as we uh, enter into the good kingdom that he came to lead us into. In fact, he, uh, he mentions this need for patient endurance. You know, I heard of some stories this week. Uh, one was of a couple that had three kids, and um, uh, the guy came down with cancer, uh, passed away, uh, left her as a single mom with three children, uh, shortly after her husband passed away, uh, she discovered that she had an undiagnosed heart condition, 
And just four months later, she also passed away. And these three children, she gave over the adoptive rights to her sister, who also had three kids and was married. And now their family size had suddenly doubled. Well, almost beyond imagination, the sister found out that she too had the same undiagnosed heart condition and uh, at the same time, her husband uh, was uh, diagnosed with an autoimmune deficiency. You talk about uh, suffering. Uh, suddenly, this family of six was dealing with life-threatening conditions of their own. Uh, you know, uh, our uh, suffering and need for patient endurance isn't always that dramatic. Sometimes it's the little things that take their toll on our positive mental attitude. My wife and I... Uh, went for a hike yesterday, uh, parked at a pretty public parking spot. And after a wonderful uh, few hours walking the trails, we got back to our car. And somebody had stole the windshield wipers off our vehicle. And, you know, this calls for patient endurance. And, uh, you know, the patient endurance that are ours in Christ, uh, John writes, uh, these are uh, part of our journey with Christ, this uh, Ability to stay in there through the difficult times so that God can do his work in us, that uh, we can become better through our challenges rather than bitter, that pressure uh, can form in us, that uh, diamond-like quality, if we'll just stay in there. Well, uh, John goes on in describing uh, his revelation of, of truth and the future from Christ. He says, it was the Lord's day, and I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice, like a trumpet. In other words, he couldn't ignore this voice, which said to me, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches. And you know, what this highlights to us as much as anything is that when we're going through it, when we're trying to hang in there, Jesus speaks to us. He said, my sheep hear my voice. He will not abandon us as orphans, but he'll be with us. He'll come to us through his spirit and open up the truth to our understanding. And as we go into this new year, I want to just give you a very practical piece of advice. When Jesus speaks, are you listening? And one of the ways we can listen better to what God is trying to say to us in the midst of our challenges is to do what John did to write it down, you know, just taking that step uh, each day, even if you just write a few words or a sentence, uh, to pause, ask yourself this question, uh, Lord Jesus, I know from your word that you speak to me, you speak to your people as they're going through their challenges, difficulties, navigating life, uh, just to ask this question, what are you trying to say to me, Lord? And then write something down. You know, in the U version, it has a, a resource called Notes. And as you're reading through, reflecting on God's word to you, uh, you can pause, open up the Notes uh, resource, and, and ask yourself that question, Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you trying to say to me? And just that moment of reflection will get, begin to bring into clarity uh, some of the life-sustaining words that God is trying to speak to you. Well, uh, we're going to skip ahead a bit in John's revelation. And uh, John 
It sees Jesus in a way he's never seen him before. In fact, when he looks upon him, he's kind of frightened by this uh, unveiling of a God fully dwelling in the person, the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Jesus speaks to John about his church. And uh, we're not going to read it this morning, but I want to encourage you, uh, open the book of Revelation, uh, preparing for 2023. Read chapters 1 through 5. Read it again. Uh, read it several times over the month of January. I guarantee you, God will speak to you about things that you're going through. But when we come to uh, Revelation chapter 4, uh, John is given an amazing glimpse into the reality of God beyond the, the difficulties of this world, beyond the chaos, beyond the blessings, beyond the trials, beyond the turning of our own annual calendars and decades and centuries. And uh, John is allowed to see the eternal God and I guarantee you, it had made a difference what he was going through today. Uh, here's what uh, John sees, uh, chapter 4 of his revelation. He says, after this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I heard uh, speaking to me was like a trumpet. And it said, come up here, and I will show you your future. I will show you what must take place after these things and uh, john says at once i was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it you know it's interesting as john is given this glimpse of uh eternal god the invisible unknowable god who is revealed through jesus christ uh, he says it was like there was a door open and it's an indicator that uh, god's not hiding God hasn't distanced himself from people. Rather, people have distanced themselves from God. And uh, as God pulls back the curtain, allows John to see with clarity, he sees heaven wide open. And he sees, uh, again, uh, you know, we want, we want concrete imagery. We see a God on a throne. But we know uh, from other teachings in the Bible uh, that God uh, dwells in unapproachable light that there's something fantastically beautiful about the presence of the eternal creator. And uh, John is getting a glimpse, and he uses uh, imagery uh, to, to kind of spark our imaginations. And we can begin to imagine the reality of God that was revealed through the person of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, uh, we've used this picture uh, in our series, Revealed, the Aurora Borealis, this a beautiful glimpse of the glory of God in the heavens, but uh, maybe another picture uh, that would give us a hint uh, into the nature of what John is seeing as he sees the door of heaven open and God on the throne would be like this, a picture of stars being birthed, uh, you know, God dwelling in his eternal unapproachable light, revealing, or this uh, picture too, uh, just the glory uh, the unfathomable mystery that we know is out there, but we can't quite get our brains around this. But uh, John sees God uh, in his dwelling place, incredibly beautiful, and likewise incredibly powerful. And uh, now uh, John reveals to us what's really going on in the heart of God as it relates to humanity and people on this planet. Uh, here's what John sees. He says, then I saw 
in the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And that right hand would indicate uh, incredible power and authority. Uh, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll. And uh, this scroll is unusual in that it has writing on both sides, and it is sealed with seven seals. Now, uh, this is an incredibly important glimpse of truth that John is seeing here. And uh, most scholars and interpreters of the Bible see that the scroll uh, that has uh, writing not only completely on the inside, but also completely on the outside. Most scholars agree that what John is seeing is the good, the perfect, and the pleasing will of God for every human being that's ever been created. That's an important scroll. It's uh, comprehensive. It, it leaves nothing to chance. There's, uh, there's all the details are filled in, and uh, this uh, good and pleasing and perfect will of God for every human is held securely in the hand and in the heart of God. Uh, you know, uh, this would represent uh, not only the Godward side of his plan and purpose for people, but the yearnings that are in the hearts of people, uh, the longings, the desires for for meaning, for purpose, for love, for success, for joy, for happiness. Uh, this scroll contains uh, every aspect of human fulfillment. You know, C.S. Lewis uh, talked about these longings that God has put in the hearts of people. And he says, when we find ourselves longing, longing for, for deep love, uh, for meaning, uh, for life that lasts, we're really, we're, our hearts are reaching for God who placed those things in us. And uh, John is seeing that on the scroll, uh, but he sees an interesting aspect of the scroll. It's not only held securely in the hand of God, but it's sealed. It's uh, locked up. It's uh, battened down with seven seals indicating that uh, th this scroll is not easily opened. It's inaccessible, it's out of reach. And uh, here's what, uh, how John describes and now what he is seeing about the good, perfect, and pleasing will of God for every human ever created. Uh, John says, and I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, really asking, who is worthy to break the seals and to open the scroll? But no one in heaven, on earth, or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside of it. You know, uh, this, is, this is an incredibly profound reality that John is getting a glimpse of, that Jesus is pulling the curtains back and allowing his beloved disciple to see something that's true, uh, that the, the good, perfect, and pleasing will of God, all the hopes, dreams, and desires of every human being are written on this scroll but they're inaccessible, they're locked up, they're sealed with seven seals, and no one is worthy to open the scrolls or even look inside of them. You know, uh, it's, it's worth our while try to get our brains around what John might be feeling at this point. Uh, here are billions of people never realizing the immense goodwill that God has for their lives. Uh, Ponder that one. I remember when my wife and I, a couple years ago, uh, visited uh, the land of my forefathers, Poland, 
And uh, one day we uh, took sort of a surprise trip to Auschwitz. And uh, as we were walking through this death camp, we began to be sobered by the reality that uh, almost a million people lost their lives in that hellish situation to walk through those barracks and think of the pain and the suffering and the abuse that happened uh, to walk by uh, one a desk uh, close to a door and to be told that uh, that's where they had uh, the, the prisoners disrobed completely naked as they stepped out that door into a courtyard where they would be uh, killed by a firing squad. Uh, just to imagine uh, the nightmare endured by those people and then to calculate all of the lost dreams, hopes, desires, the wounds and the brokenness that would enter into their world. John was not only seeing those things, but all of humanity and all of its inability to access the good and the perfect and the pleasing will of God, you know, perhaps less dramatic, but no less painful would be uh, the separation that exists as a man sits in a therapist's office. He begins to realize, uh, because of his own brokenness, uh, all of the heartache he introduced into his marriage, into his children, into their lives, and uh, simply because he was unwilling or unable uh, to break free from the chains and the brokenness that he himself had inherited. And John's seeing this beautiful, this perfect, this good will of God for every person who ever took breath. And he's seeing that the distance, the inaccessibility because of the brokenness, the heartache, because of the sin inherited. You know, this would be the child who was abused as a child and loses his or her ability to imagine, to be hopeful, to be enthusiastic. It's the woman who's been raped and forever, uh, throughout her life, struggles with ever being intimate with another person. Again, uh, this is uh, what many psychologists call our detached selves, our hopes, dreams, and desires, but the reality of what life has become for us. And John is seeing all of that in the right hand of God, but it's sealed, it's inaccessible. This would be like watching the Titanic go down watching your friends and your family members perish, and John seeing all of this, his reaction in that light is understandable. He says, I wept, and I wept because no one was found who was capable, who was worthy to open the scroll or even to look inside. And then uh, this dramatic event, as uh, uh, Jesus is revealing to John the truth of what's happening on the heavenward side, of, uh, of our history, uh, John sees, then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, look, see uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah, another name for Jesus, the root of David who came in the kingdom of David. He has triumphed, and he, hear these words, he is able to open the scroll, and it's seven seals. Uh, Jesus Christ, because of his victory, he has triumphed. He's able to take that scroll, that good, perfect, and pleasing will of God for every human being, and begin to open it uh, to our experience, make it accessible to us. Once again, John finishes describing this wonderful scene. 
He says, then I saw the lamb looking as if it had been slain, referring to his death on the cross on our behalf, standing at the center of the throne. He was encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. Now use your imagination here. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, not literal, but he was incredibly authoritative, powerful, insightful, discerning, and uh, he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. He took possession of it. He won back uh, our greatest hopes, dreams, and desires. And because of that, uh, all of heaven's uh, hosts break into a new song. And they were saying, you, Jesus, are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals because you were slain. And uh, with your blood, you purchase for God persons from every tribe, every language, every people, and every nation. You've made them uh, to be a kingdom and a priest in relationship with the living God to serve our God. And they will, they will reign on the earth. They will live with authority. They will reclaim all that's been lost in terms of their own a personhood. What a wonderful revelation, grandiose truths, incredible themes. And uh, I wonder uh, how do these uh, great themes meet with your reality as you stand on the threshold of 2023? I would ask you a question today. Uh, how does the future look to you? You know, uh, Jesus is one. He's like that man uh, in the dream who showed me uh, all of my past history, both the good and the bad. You know, he knows us inside and out. He knows our, our longings before we ever express them. He knows our fears. He knows where we're hemmed in, held back. He knows where we experience uh, abuse, hurt, pain, frustration. He's with us. He's a companion in our difficulties. And uh, as you look out, into the upcoming year, uh, you know, maybe you're bracing for more of the same, uh, but I would just offer to you uh, the rest of the words of that song, uh, that when you look at the future through the lens of Jesus Christ, the faithful one, the one who was dead, now is alive, who holds the keys of death and hell, took the scroll, and not only of human history, but of your human history, and of God's great purposes for you, and uh, if you look, learn to look uh, into the future through the lens of your relationship with him, uh, the future does indeed look good. Uh, I want to invite you to join me in a prayer. Lord, thank you uh, for these incredible truths. Uh, really, uh, they feel so far beyond our reality. But uh, as you showed John, uh, this is really what's happening. Uh, this is the truth about the invisible God, uh, that he has incredible goodwill, incredible good purposes, great plans for each one of us. And Lord, we would just acknowledge that in many ways, our lives are like that scroll. Uh, we, we sense that there's more. We sense that there's uh, great possibilities for us. But we also see the reality of our weaknesses, our brokenness, our histories. We see the things that hold us back. And Lord, I pray for the ability to see you as the faithful one, as the one who wants more for us than we could ever want for ourselves. And Lord, as holding the keys and offering us, Lord, would we just step toward you in this coming year? Would we take those times as John 
It was the Lord's day, he said, and I was in the Spirit. May we find ourselves in moments of reflection, being open uh, to your presence uh, in our midst, in the midst of our difficulties, in the midst of our challenges. Lord, I pray that if uh, these words come to anyone who is suffering, uh, maybe they have children who are hurting, uh, going through difficult times. Lord, may they sense your comforting presence with them in the middle of that, not promising us the absence of pain, but guaranteeing that your purposes can be worked out in all of our difficulties. Lord, we reach for you. We welcome you. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.